How has a Spanish woman been able to become an awarded researcher and one of the top 100 executives in a German company, Bayer, with more than 100,000 employees around the world and responsible for their health and safety, and at the start she didn't even speak German? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. This podcast, Changemakers Mind, is launching on March 8th, the International Women's Day, and with the theme of this year, on 2021, which is Women Leaders for an Actual Future in the World of COVID-19, for an equal future in the world of COVID-19. The theme celebrates the efforts made by many women and girls around the world to forge a more equal future and to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. So what better person to start this first episode of Changemaker's Mind than a woman who is a mother, a wife, a scientist, a leader in a large company where she holds the position of head of corporate health, safety, and environment at Bayer. She's there as a researcher, and then almost since then, from the beginning in 1998, has held leadership positions in a company with more than 100,000 employees, where she's among the top 100 managers, and she's in charge of the health and safety of those 100,000 employees. She is a friend of mine, and she's the best person that I could invite for this first episode. So welcome, Cristina Alonso. Hello, Cristina. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really happy. And uh, we've known each other for a long time. And I actually met you first when we were in uh, Colorado. You were studying a, a postdoc. Right. In chemistry. And yeah. I was working as an engineer. So how was your um, interest in science? When did that start? I think it started really, really early on. I think I always wanted to be a scientist, even though I didn't know about it. I was always in, interested in objective facts. I always wanted to know the, the reasons for things. I was really curious about things about nature, about how things work. So I think there was really a scientist in myself, even when I didn't know about it. And in your family, do you have like researchers or scientists? So this is something that you just had interest in? Actually not. I come from a family where almost everybody was a medical doctor. Actually, in my family, I think since 200 years, everybody had been a medical doctor. Oh, wow. And as a teenager, I said, well, I want to do something different and I'll become a chemical engineer and that's what I did. I think my father was a little bit disappointed but he understood well that was my passion and it was certainly not his but that was okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah I didn't have many role models not not any scientists around me really. And how was your experience to like switch from one culture to another because when I met you you were studying in Colorado a PhD but you've also traveled more as you were telling me right? Right yeah I think I was always interested in in spending time abroad I was always interested in other cultures in in working in other countries and my first big experience was when I was 20 years old that I spent two months working in Netherlands. 
I was, I mean, now Netherlands sounds like very close to, to Spain or to other countries in Europe, but back then it was really far away. And so I went there, it was summer. Of course, I went with Spanish summer clothes, which was not very <laughs> appropriate, it was very cold. So I wanted to buy clothes and there was nothing for me because everything was way too big. I mean, uh, <laughs> women in Netherlands are way taller than I am. So I learned that you don't have to assume that things will fit. And then I spent some time in Argentina with a, with a fellowship to working at university. That was really a beautiful time. Yeah, and, and then, well, where we met in the U.S. And afterwards, with my, with my uh, work, I've worked, of course, many years in Germany, and I still work in Germany. But I've had the opportunity to live in Mexico and in the New York area. So it's been a great uh, time there as well. So traveling and, and getting to know different cultures is also a, a big passion of you, right? Yes, I, I really love it. I really like to be immersed in other cultures and, and really understand that what it's obvious for me, it's not necessarily obvious for other people. Uh, one of the nicest times we spent was it really Mexico, uh, enjoying two years there, living in the Mexican culture, enjoying the beautiful country and understanding that things can have different solutions and really everything can work very well. Since the theme is about not only women for me in leadership, but also women in science, because as you know, the, the statistics are really still, after so many years, it's still low for women to choose uh, careers in STEM STEM areas. So what do you think would be a good thing to help more women start careers like these, like yours or engineering or mathematics? I think uh, a lot of it needs to start the school. And schools need really to promote that girls and boys really spend time and effort in what they like. Because at the end of the day, you want to do a job where you get energy from. You want to mm -hmm. spend many years, so you want to do what you really like and love. So I think that's really the first thing, both at school and in the schools, in the sorry, in the in the family, just to let the children develop what they like and, and what they are keen on doing. I think that's really important. And then when we come to professional life, I think it's really important to, to have a, a choice of people and a choice of candidates every time you want to fill a position so that you can consider diversity from the beginning. And that's really, really important. And when you are a scientist and especially a woman in science, I think the most important thing is really that you take your own destiny in the hand. And you have confidence in yourself. And if you want to do something, just fight for getting there and speak up. And what if you don't have the support around you, like your family is completely different or the culture? Because in some cultures, this is easier than in other cultures, as you know. Where can you find some type of support? Yeah, I think that it's really a reality sometimes that maybe you would like to do something. You would like to, to study a, a career in science. But then, well, you have to bring money to your home very early on. And, and these are realities that unfortunately are there. And, and I hope that with time they will become less and less. On the other hand, I also think that if you really want to do something, there are multiple ways to get there. And yeah, there are fellowships, there are different ways you can get to it. You can start to work just as an in an apprenticeship somewhere. 
and you can start to get immersed in a world that you can see if it's the one you like and then uh, move from there. You know? So I think the most important thing is always not to give up and certainly not to give up on yourself. Not to impose limitations before they really, before they even happen. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You cannot, I mean, you have that sometimes in women no? so that they will come to me and they will say, well, now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking about being a mother so maybe I cannot take this project and I say well I mean are you pregnant no well that's going to take a very long time so I think you can do all the projects you like until you take a different decision and it's even worse when it's a supervisor that says well I don't want this a woman because might get pregnant well and so what I mean also everybody can decide to leave the company to take another position so don't put restrictions where really they don't exist. And you were actually, because this is actually our second conversation. We started with a Spanish interview since uh, Cristina is from Spain. And uh, so we talked yesterday and you mentioned uh, one thing that you tell women when they come and see you, when they want to work with you, that they have a tendency to put themselves down, right? You were saying that they come and right away they, they want to have their salary. Tell them that story. Yeah, well, what I was explaining is that often when women come together to know me and to know, well, could they work in my area? Very often they voluntarily say, well, I would also take a lower rate job or I would take a less important project. Well, you know what, Christina, a man would never tell me that. A man would come and have all the ambitions of the world. But the women very often come with that. And I say, well, why did you tell me that? I, I never asked for that. Why are you giving up? This is making you less than what you are. You should stand for what you are and really be confident on, on what you can bring on the table. And then, of course, well, maybe there will be trade-offs. That's for everybody. But don't give up on yourself and just stay on it. Yeah, I, I really want women to listen to this because I think it's a tendency. And like you say, you have experiences firsthand that women tell you that when they volunteer that, they volunteer to, to be less, you know, and to get less. And so, and men will never do that. So this is important that women hear that, how we express ourselves, how we think we are being perceived may be very different how it's being perceived and that's a very important point and they're lucky that they have you because if they had someone else maybe they will really take the cut you know and not get what they should be getting so I'm really I'm really happy that you are the one listening to these things absolutely and and yeah we were talking the other day no sometimes I have uh, female colleagues who will start sentences in important meetings like well correct me if I'm wrong and I say well why should we say correct me if I'm wrong? I mean, you are an expert, you are not wrong. I mean, that's your assumption. So don't make yourself smaller than what you are. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. This has been imposed over years on women and it's part of our culture and we need to get through that. Mm -hmm. and, and move on. That's very, very important. And uh, you you started as a research uh, researcher at Bayer. It really, really early on, you had type of manager positions. I don't know what their names were or what your role were, but what made you go into those positions and how was that? For you. I started as a researcher, so really in the in the lab and and yeah, making chemical compounds that could become uh, pharmaceutical products to cure and save people. And actually, I, I was the co-inventor of one product that does save the life of especially of of men of women and young women for for very uh, severe diseases. So that was really really nice. And early on, I realized uh, that I liked research, 
but I also wanted to run my scientific career in something that brought me closer to the reality and to the patients and to the medical doctors. And that's why I changed areas. And then I started to realize that really where I got most energy from was to help others develop and help others and support others in growing as professionals, in doing their job. And I think this brought me very quickly into leadership positions and then growing leadership positions in this career. And how was that as a woman? Because uh, you started also in Germany, which I think is a little bit conservative, even though we think it is not. It is. It is because the system um, has really been, I think, promoting and making very easy for women to take two or three years off. And actually, sometimes this made that they never came back to, to the professional life. And that's really something I, I want to support, that women can take a choice to, to take a parental leave. By the way, I, I highly, highly support when men take a parental leave in my area. Nice. And, and I have more and more examples uh, doing that. And yeah, this, this makes the whole uh, professional system still quite conservative. So it, it was quite a novelty, especially being a Spanish woman and, and Spanish and a woman and a scientist and to start to take uh, leadership roles. I haven't felt for myself really a lot of discrimination. Uh, maybe a little bit at the beginning, no? So, but afterwards, not that much. But one thing is true. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she was telling me, look, Christina, don't you realize that usually women get hired and promoted based on their performance and men get hired and promoted based on their potential? And that's very true. Women usually get selected if they have shown that they have done a very good job and men tend to be selected because you believe that they will be doing a very good job. That's something we need to change. We have to select for the same reasons. Ne never thought about that, but you're right. That's a very good distinction. But I think we still are far from there, no? Don't you think so? Like even, even in the salaries, there's no kind of equality. And, and that's, there is a big discussion in many areas about that. But that's, that's a longer discussion. <laughs> so, but it's a true discussion. I mean, yeah. in, in my company, really, we, we really heavily fight against that. And we have programs on diversity and we have employee base uh, groups to to fight around that and not only women and men but also other kinds of, of diversity um, everything from uh, from gender to to uh, sexual uh, identity to um, yeah, geography so everything you can imagine disabilities etc But it's very true that that in, in other companies and smaller companies and set up, this is a, a distinction that is made. And, and, and it's, it's not fair. One thing that I realize uh, sometimes is that, for example, uh, women will get asked about things that are not part of the interview or of the discussion. So my boss doesn't need to know how I organize the, the let's say, taking care of my children. You know, that's my topic. Would a supervisor ask a man how is he ensuring that his kids are picked up from the school? I don't think so. So I think that's another thing that I tell women around me. Well, if you get these questions, you don't need to answer. You say that's your topic. Yeah. And I tell uh, when I hear these things, I do ask my colleagues, well, would you pose the same question to a male colleague? And if not, that's not the right question. 
Yeah, I like that actually in the US because I remember when I was interviewed, they have a lot of things that they cannot ask you. And that's very different from Spain. They cannot ask any personal questions and any preference in religion or, or, or you know, sex or whatever. You, they cannot ask anything about your family. And I think that's great because then you're really interviewed by your qualities as whatever job you're going to do and not how you handle your own life. Yeah. And in Spain, it's not like that, as you know, it's, they can ask anything depending on for which job you end up answering too much and telling them too much and like you're saying the questions are not the same and when I was interviewed it was all about can you prove to us that you can think basically for my job because it was an engineer everything changes all the time what you know is not important it's how you think and how you react before the unknown what's your reaction going to be are you going to say no and i cannot do it or or that's that's what they want to see they don't care about the rest and i thought that was that was perfect i loved it i'm like why don't we do this in so many other places you know so yeah, that's that's really really important and and you always have these sensitivities and it's about calling them out so I, I always tell my, my colleagues and, and, and the people around me, and I say, when you post a question or make a comment, just think for yourself if you would make the same question or comment to a male. And if not, that was not the right question. Then don't post this question. And if, if we want to extrapolate actually to anyone, it can include color, religion, beliefs, countries, languages, you know, and if, if, you, if you would change the question depending on who you have in front of you, then there is something there. That you right. wanna, that then you it was not at. the right question. You can yeah. do it in a different way, or maybe that's not the thing to ask. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, Christina, when when uh, when I worked in Mexico, I had to hire um, somebody in in one of the Central American countries, and I had a couple of candidates, and I decided to hire a single mom, which was quite a shock. But in my opinion, a single mom that organizes everything had just so many more abilities than than some other candidates that I had that basically beyond the work they had everything done. So yeah. that was quite a shock. And maybe thinking today, well, I considered other things, but really. This woman could show in the in the interview and afterwards in the job that she could take any care of anything that was not <laughs> planned just in the best possible way because that was her life. That's what she was doing all the time in her private setting. Daily practice. Right. <laughs> That's a, a great way to <laughs> interview. How long did she work with you for the two years or? Yeah, she was in, well, I was in Mexico and she was in a Central American country in Guatemala, actually. Uh, but yeah, and she was great. I mean, that was the, the the same choice. So next time also I had another in another country in Ecuador, a similar situation. Well, I said, I mean, yeah, but look, she's a single man. I said, well, and so what? And you are a married man. I mean, should, should that be part of the discussion? So let's take really uh, decisions and give opportunity to people based on their skills and on their potential and on what they really love doing. Nice, nice. I, I really like that. And the other day when we were talking, you were giving some examples of experiences that you had with some of your top leaders or whatever you want to call them. You want to share any of those? Well, I think I was I was telling one right at the beginning of, of the career where really uh, for example, I, I mean, I my daughter was born and I really wanted to come back to, to work. So uh, I asked my boss, I said, well, I could come back to work earlier if I get a, a laptop so I can work some hours from home. And he said, well, no problem. He was Canadian. I mean, a very open mentality. He said, of course, no problem. And then my male colleagues complained because I was given a favor and they thought that was not fair. 
So um, sometimes really the, the problems didn't come from where you expected them to be. And, and these we need to put in context, because now if you say I got, I got a laptop, it's like, well, what's the big deal with that, <laughs> right? But before you didn't have that. It was like a big thing to get a laptop and nobody had a laptop. So we have to put it in context because people may think like, well, that's a stupid thing. No, no, that was a serious right. thing. And, right. and you share that the other day that you had you've been the first because one thing about Christina is that she's really humble so I have to kind of pull the string because she's not gonna, not gonna tell like all the amazing things you meet her in the street and you will never know all the amazing things that she's done the the thing that you've been a lot of times the first one to open the way for a lot of people and this was one of the situations where you open and and change rules um, in your company, but then also you did it with uh, moving to Mexico, was it right. right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So the the I mean, I went to Mexico on a, on a temporary contract, so for two years, and the the program was always said that the the males would go uh, to work there, and then the the wife would uh, accompany him, and on the time then do something. I mean, enjoy the country, take care of the children, and in our situation it was just the other way around. So. I was going there and my husband was coming with me, but we were both professionals. So the condition that I put at the table was that he would get support to find the job, for example, an outplacement program, et cetera. And that was really I mean, unprecedented. Nobody got that because that was not foreseen. And I really thought, I said, well, that's my condition. It was not even a very expensive condition. It was just a strange condition for them. But actually, at the end, they agreed, and then it became routine. So now it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female that goes on such an assignment, then the, the spouse has the right to get an, a, a placement. And actually, now they, they even can get much more support so that really they can continue with their professional careers. Because at the end of the day, and many people that are in science, no matter if it's a male or a female, their spouse is also in yeah. science or has a professional career and we need to get adapted. Yeah. The worst thing that we do and that we've done in the past is to only uh, utilize 50% of our brains and of our mental power to do things that are so much needed. No? And just why? Because of gender, that doesn't make any sense. We need for to fight really the, the challenges ahead of us in the world. We need to use all the brain power that we have. And this means using everybody, exactly. males and, and females and, and diversity around the world. That's really what we need. Exactly. And I think that's an important point because when we talk about equality, it's not only the woman. Like you brought a couple of points where the things that you created is for everybody. So now every male who has a female partner who wants to work, they, they she has the same opportunity. She can get help to find a job and not just to stay at home. If she wants to stay at home, it's great. But if she wants to work, she gets help. And, exactly. and yeah, and that's that's very important. Always to see the equality, the same thing. If you want to leave for maternity, why not leave for paternity? You want to help both ways. If we open the way, it's for everybody to come through that door or whatever you open and that's the nice thing when you do something new you don't do it for yourself you do it for everybody else after you that's really really the, the important part of it and that's why it's worthwhile to invest and to fight for it because even if it's not that important for you it's going to become important for everybody else coming afterwards 
Yeah, that's a sentence you said, and, and I want to put it like in red. <laughs> like, <laughs> the important thing is that you're doing it for everybody behind you and you're not making it harder because it was hard for you. That's very important because I see maybe that's a stigma, but maybe it's not real in every environment, but in many when one woman had a hard time getting to a place, she makes it harder for everybody that is behind because it was very hard for her. And that's sad because if she made it there, she, like you're saying, she opened the trail for everybody to follow and she should be the one helping everybody else. And I know you do it. And that for me is a wonderful thing to do, that you're opening amazing doors for women to follow and also for men to learn to do things differently. Those who have been taught in a way that maybe it's, it's unconscious, you know, maybe it's the culture that they were born in and that they got used to doing it in a certain way, but are happy to change. They just don't know, you know, it's educating in a way. And, and you, you do change cultures at, at the workplace. It takes time, but you change. For example, one thing I, I installed in, in my department now in, in this COVID situation, you know, you will have a, a um, one of a woman that's working and suddenly you you hear a, a, a kid shouting or crying and will say oh apologies i need to step up out for a moment and then we said well we shouldn't apologize i mean that's part of it you just say i'm going to step up for a few minutes and i will come back and i we don't want to hear apologies anymore not by males and not by women and we we got there and it was much nicer because why do you need to apologize if you need to do something you just inform and you do it nice yeah. <laughs> you, you need to write a book we were saying actually that was your you need to write a book <laughs> yeah that would be fine maybe when i go in retirement to spain then no. i can write a book <laughs> before before <laughs> before yeah maybe i'll get to that and <laughs> i picture actually two one is how to speak how to communicate without apologies without the right apologies just not the extra apologies or or downplaying yourself downvaluing yourself you know just how can you bring the best of you in authentic way so that it doesn't sound like you're you know creating fictitious you but it's not below who you are and and just like a little book on how to how to speak <laughs> and yeah, then maybe you give me an idea <laughs> we can work on it together yes <laughs> Picture it, Christina and Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Christina's and Chris, Christina's speech. <laughs> Christina and Christina. Yeah, we'll figure out. We'll have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one about your story about uh, women in science, because as you know, also women in science are not as known as the men in science. We know a lot of great inventors, but there is amazing women inventors and we never hear about them. I want to bring to this program uh, one of the women that uh, discovered, because she's Danish also, and I'm half Danish, who discovered that in our brain when we sleep, I'm going to chop off this this information, but our neurons kind of shrink so that the, the fluid that is there can clean up all the dirt. She was one of the one discovering this. I'm like, who knows that? Everybody's talking about this now in, in all the health conscious people, but nobody talks about this woman who discovered it, who's actually Danish, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> Over years, it was really always the thought that, that the male, uh, because it's a male, has to be higher. No, That was the, the thought. No? And, and that and the women really took this, this uh, lower role because it was what it was expected. And, and there is no point in it. And it takes a while because also sometimes a male do feel a little bit like in danger no now what's going to happen but it's really it's also the best 
for, for male because, I mean, if they have the same tools to compete, if they have the same areas to, to go to, they will be also selected and, and promoted based on their skills and not just because they had this name of uh, John or Mike or whatever you call it. I think that's really, really important. What would you like to see change talking about, you know, women in science? I would really like to see the same opportunities for women in science. And I would like really that, that the life cycle is just taken as something natural. Because I think this is where really differences start to come. Yeah, when um, women decide to have a child or, or to, yeah, to take another opportunity, then differences come. And that's really awkward if you think about that, because it's almost strange because, of course, yeah, women can have a child, but also a man or a woman can get sick or can take another decision. And that's even unplanned. So usually for a pregnancy, you know with quite some time uh, that it's coming up. No? So, so really, we have to think about it in a different way. We have not to close um, because unexpected things come, but just to see, okay, that's a new learning and it's a new opportunity. And I think really, really, it's, it's the role of, of people in, in leadership roles, and I take that very seriously for me, is also to speak up, to give the room, to give the space and to call up on things that are not right. Yeah, so that everybody learns and that we correct ourselves. We all make mistakes. So what is a good leader for you? So one would be to speak up when, when there's an injustice or something. What else does a good leader need? For me, as, a, as being a leader in, in the company, the most important thing is to invest people in helping my, to invest time in helping my people develop. My day has 24 hours. I sleep some of them quite a lot, by the way. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, But then the other time is, is just a yeah, number of hours. Now, if I invest a good part of it in helping others do the best job and growing, just the time gets multiplied by so much. So I will never be able to get to the same space doing things on my own than working with a group of people that is able to do that. That's why my biggest investment is to help others develop and to help others grow. And at the end of the day, I want that everybody that works with me enjoys what they do because that's where they spend most of the time. So you have to do something you really love and you like. And what is that you tell people when they come to you? Because you told me that the other day when, when a, a, a woman actually comes to you when they first start their job. What is that you tell them? Oh, now I don't know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I can phrase it, but you have to correct it. Yeah. What you said was that you want them to go farther than you. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not only to women, but also to, to men. And very often when, when I hire somebody and, and comes in my team, I tell right away that my job is to help them grow, to be at my position or even higher. That's really what I, that's my biggest role on the, in the organization is to help others grow yeah, and to be the future leaders. Yeah, and even the ones that come with me or the ones that are even at just starting positions. And I really enjoy that. I mean, if I look at my working day today, no, it's the evening, but I had around lunchtime a trainee at Bayer just contacted me that she's, I mean, she just started. And actually, she's the daughter of one of my best friends, but I didn't get her the job. I mean, she had to go through very tough interviews. It was really nice to see how she's doing. Later in the day, I had to ask uh, uh, one of my ex-collaborators for help because I needed something. 
And I, that's when I told her, that's my role, that you grow, you are just an exceptional woman. And then when I told her, thank you, she wrote to me back, said, for you, I would do it every time. Well, that pays. That mm-hmm. really makes my day. And, yeah. and this was only today. I mean, every day is full of experiences and full of new things. That's so nice. Yeah. Do they get surprised when you say that, when they first yes. come in? Yes, they get surprised because sometimes you go to your boss and you think, well, it's like my boss is going to be evaluating me, you know? what? So I go to my boss and I have to say, well, I do all these things very well. And, and usually I just take that away from the beginning. I say, well, that, my role is to help you grow. And I can only do it if we have an authentic conversation and relationship, because if you tell me you do everything right, well, then where can I help you? No? And that really helps. And But that also differentiates the people that really want to grow that the people that care care about others are the ones that really enjoy this this journey no? and and it's really a pleasure i mean i have many colleagues that started with me in in the last years and today they have roles uh, very big in the company and that's just a pleasure to see it i just love it that's so nice yeah. and what is the biggest challenge you found in in your way up because you, you didn't, you, I don't know, I don't think you had many women roles uh, or models that you can follow. I think the, the, the biggest challenge was really at the beginning of the career when, when I started because it was a very male dominated world. That was the, the biggest challenge where I was always measured very, very hard. And really to stand up and not to give up and, and to say, well, I'm, I'll, I mean, I didn't speak German. It was a German world. So I said, well, then I will speak wrong German, but I will speak my German. And I guess you will get to understand me. So that was really a, a tough time and with lots of doubts because I always felt, well, I am, am I as good as the other ones? Yeah. And then, well, with the years, I think I was, I have worked a lot. I really love what I do, but I think it has been recognized. I think my daughter sometimes tells me, you have an imposter syndrome, no? because sometimes even another women's thing no, that you think, well, maybe they didn't realize they just <laughs> that I'm up here. No? And my daughter, who's 17 now, she tells me, mom, you have an imposter syndrome. You have to work on this. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> now you have to tell this story about this woman moved to Germany to get a job at Bayer without speaking German. <laughs> so, how was your first experience there, and how did you deal with that? Oh, that was really tough. I mean, when I when I got and I got here, I was about to get married. So my my mother-in-law uh, took me shopping, and. And, and she talked to, to a German guy, right? He's yeah, German, exactly. yeah, to a German guy. She took me shopping and she talked all the time and I understood nothing. But apparently <laughs> I said yes to many things because I got home with a bunch of things I had bought and I didn't want them. But apparently <laughs> I had said yes, they were very nice. So <laughs> so that was it. And then when I started in the company, really the first weeks were really like listening to a, to a Chinese movie without subtitles. So really <laughs> I would not understand anything. But... I mean, then you realize that if you look for help, you get support. So at that time, I, I had I really suffered in the meetings because it was really difficult for me to speak and to explain something. And there was this nice colleague, a male colleague, a great scientist who said, I'll spend time with you and explain everything to you so that you do a very good role every time they ask you. And he was great. Oh wow! Was, yeah, yeah. He's he's retired now, and and he was just a great help. I mean, I don't think without him I wouldn't have made it. But I also was 
can it enough to go and ask for help? I said, well, I'm not going to manage that on my own. So let's look for somebody that wants to support me. I think that's a very important point because some people are afraid to ask for support. And there's a lot of things like you're saying that if without support, it's even so much harder or sometimes kind of impossible. So I think it's important like you have the humbleness to say, okay, I need help on this and go out and ask for the help. Really important. That's that's essential. That's essential. And usually my experience is, is when you ask somebody for help, the person is usually so flattered that he's going to help you because yes. it's, it's nice. No? Yes. That somebody yes, comes yes, to yes, you yes, and yes, yes. you help me? So I do it. I ask for help and I love when others ask me for help. Yeah. And, and really, uh, when supporting women in science and women in their career, I mean, I have a lot of mentees uh, in the company, also some at university. And, and that's one of the things I do, especially to help them reflect things that sometimes they think they are normal to say, well, that's not normal. That's not yeah. something you should allow. Like, I mean, I, there are thousands of situations like, well, I, I told my boss I wanted to to have this and this position. And he laughed at me and said, well, do you think really you would be qualified? I say, well, that's not normal. I mean, your supervisor shouldn't laugh at one idea. So now you go back and you tell him that, oh, really? Yeah, of course you go back and you tell him that. And if not, then yeah, we will look at, I, I might talk to him as well. Yeah. I mean, um, really to, to help people understand what is normal and what is not normal because People at or women, especially at starting positions, just they don't have references. They haven't seen uh, other setups. They only know what happens to themselves and then say, well, that's normal and that's not normal and we should change it. That's one of the roles I also take very seriously. Cristina, the book, we need to write a book. <laughs> That needs to be condensed in a manual. Like, this is not normal. This is normal. You talk like this, this, no. You don't accept this. You are, <laughs> that's for the book, I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll start the book. <laughs> yes. Today, in this podcast, we're starting the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, you're right, because I, I love reading and hearing about experiences from other women, and that's how I learn, and then I reflect, oh, I've been in this situation or, or no, I haven't been in this situation. And that's what helps others. No? And I think honestly, this is one of the points to do this because you can only live your life. And that means you, you, you can do many things in life and have many experiences, but you can only live your life. So when you talk to other people and when you share knowledge, like talking to you, it's like, wow, she did this or she did that, or she says this and she says that way. It opens your mind to thinking different and to things that you thought were normal and you accepted it. They're not. And I think it, it helps us all grow and, and be a better society, which hopefully is going to happen. <laughs> Well, we hope. Yeah, you're you're very right. I think one of the the important things is is generosity. I mean, things are not to be kept for yourself. And and just well, if if that was good for me, I better don't tell other people. But it's really about sharing and multiplying. That's the only way we can progress. Otherwise, we would be still in the Stone Age. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, not be really restrictive of our knowledge and our experiences, but really to share it with others and help this world evolve, that it's much needed. So generosity will be another quality for a good leader. Absolutely. And you have it. 
You are amazingly generous. <laughs> I'm generous that. with time. I would say I'm generous with time to other people. I, I, some people tell me, well, you never say no. And I say, well, yeah, it's true. I don't say no very often. I do say no, but I never say no when somebody needs advice. Yeah, and I and I think that's a very important help that cannot be paid with money or anything because that's your experience and you helping women and and guys too because oh, you're yeah because yeah, you're helping everyone. How do you see like the future in terms of women in science? And I know that the other day we were talking, you were saying that for some change to happen, we need more than one generation, and you had that experience at home. You know how do you see the future. One thing that COVID has done, I mean, has done many, many things we don't like, but there are a couple of things that we should keep and, and understand. One thing that has done is that has shown the importance of science. Uh, I, I love it when people talk all the time about PCLs, like what's the most normal thing, you know, like PCLs. Well, I mean, PCLs exist because uh, a man in, in California, I don't remember his name now, but really invented this technology that now allows us to fight COVID. Yeah, so we should thank that, that he really investigated in that area. I mean, vaccines, uh, mRNA vaccines are really the result of, of scientific work. No? And without that, we wouldn't be fighting COVID. But also you've talked about STEM technology. I mean, you and I are talking now and, and can you imagine that? And, a year ago, we could have done it, but would, wouldn't have done it. And a couple of years ago, it would have been like a dream. You remember when we lived in Boulder, it costed us like $3 to call home per minute. Yes, yes. Can you imagine that? Yes. <laughs> and you know, the thing I remember, I will never forget from Boulder, is your mom sending you the ham in the, in the magazines. I thought that was the best. That was the beginning of Amazon. Exactly. She was she she was regularly sending in a very known magazine here in Spain and England, which is Hola. She was sending that magazine and then she will wait. Let me see if this I get this right. She will wait it because you know if you go over a certain weight, then it costs differently. And then she will take some some uh, pages off so that it will wait exactly and get the ham in there. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. This is the ham in contraband and contrabando no como se. Yeah. Yeah, it would come rolled. Yeah, the magazine rolled with the ham in it. Yeah, and we would all eat the ham. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. That was the beginning of Amazon. Yeah, exactly. No, but, I no, I was I was going to say, but that's really what shows that that technology, also not only science, but also technology and engineering really has made a, a good difference for us in, in our lives. So I think that's one of the things that we should realize with COVID that this anti being anti-scientific just is not going to help. I mean, science has a very important uh, space in our lives and, and it's important to give this space. I think the other thing that COVID is going to bring is a different way, the way we work, the way we can work, we can work remotely, we can work from home. So many opportunities, but again, certain risks, especially for women that have to take care of the kids or of elderly and then also continue working. This uh, burden at home or this joy at home of taking care of the family has to be shared. Mm -hmm. That will be the only way. And then you really can use the opportunities that you have from working remotely. So we have many opportunities now, but we have to play them right. We have to understand that really the way we were doing, it's not going to help our climate in the future. No, we cannot drive with our cars around the place and, and, and maybe we, we shouldn't be flying all over the place without just like 
thinking what we are doing. So there are many things we have to reflect on and, and make use of our new knowledge to, to have a better world because we all need it and certainly the next generations do. And I think in that place, an important role, the word responsibility, respect, like you were talking about being respectful of others and respectful of the environment, but also knowing that every single tool can be used for good or for bad. And when you start using that tool, what it is, a computer, a hammer, a car, a a technology, a chemical, you may think you're using it for good. And then eventually if it's not for good, then you need to be able to reflect and then be responsible and maybe change the course of the use of that tool if it's needed. And I think sometimes when we start using something, it becomes so normal or there's so much power or money involved that we don't want to change course. And I think it's important for all the leaders to be able to change course if that's not the right one. I, I remember when I started computers that nobody knew actually in Spain what computers were. <laughs> I'm that old. But also people don't realize how fast this technology has changed. Even in dancing now, people tell me like, why don't you have guys more videos like from the older times? Because YouTube didn't exist. Like people think now YouTube and Facebook has existed always. No, this is new technology. And it's just evolved so fast that it feels like it's been forever, but no. And I remember when I first explained what computer were, some of my friends were like, I am never going to have a computer. And I thought, you just wait. This is like the telephone. It's a tool. It doesn't mean you have to know how the telephone works or that you have to put the wires to have a telephone in your home. It's a tool and you will use it maybe for some phone calls, maybe not. Maybe some people will make conversations, maybe not. You know, it's the, the computers are the same and all the technology is the same. But we have to be responsible enough, I think, to be able to change course and correct. And like you're saying, when you are in reunions and talk to people be open and, and be able to talk about the things. Actually, you were telling me this yesterday about the meeting where you stop everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's one of the things that happens to women that you get interrupted, no? Or that you uh, you don't they give don't give you the 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 voice, no? But also in some cases, you yeah, I was telling about the meeting where um, I was with a couple of, of uh, colleagues, of males, a couple of more senior people, and also a couple of, of junior females. And yeah, one of the of the colleagues made that comment that I thought it was inappropriate about female ministers, but the way he did it was completely inappropriate. And at that moment, I realized, well, the heads of the of the girls or the the young ladies, I would say turned at me just to say, what is she going to do? And in that moment, well, it was clear I had to do something. And, and I stopped the meeting and I said, well, let's now talk about that. Is that the way we are now going to go talk? Are we going to qualify people that way? Because then maybe we'll have to do it with everybody and we'll need to put lots of words. No? And the poor guy was getting red and red in his face. Yeah, but I'm sure he didn't do it again. So that's really, really important. Or, or when sometimes I'm in meetings and we talk about, about people that could take new jobs, it tends to be that for women, they will say, yeah, but she now has little children and so on. And for men, I never hear that. So I also would stop a meeting and I say, well, let's reflect. We've said seven times that uh, that this person has little children and this could be a problem. And the seven times it was females. So uh, do we have a bias here? And they will say, yeah, we do have a bias. So let's correct it. So really speaking up and, and putting the things on the table and let's say, okay, let's 
talk about this differently. It yeah, makes a difference. It takes time, but it makes a difference. And it happened to you in the school of your daughter too, right? Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. That was the, the teacher of, um, so they were promoting these voluntary lessons on different topics. And there was cooking and there was um, yeah, all, all the photography. And then there was bionic, which is basically the combination of biology and physics and robotics. And, and the, the, the teacher was really excited about promoting that. And then he made the comment, yeah, and this is really cool. And it could be the dream of every car owner or every um, housewife uh, cleaning the, its home. No? So my daughter knew immediately she's going to make a comment. So she turned at me and said, don't say anything. That's my school. No? I said, okay, I won't say anything. But after the, the meeting, I went to the teacher to tell him, I said, look, we have problems in getting women in science and these comments don't help. And I was really upset. And the poor guy looked at me and he said, please don't tell my wife that I said that. <laughs> and he was so sorry that I really thought, okay, he's, he's learned and we can all make a mistake, yeah. but I'm sure he will not make twice a mistake. And actually it became the favorite professor or teacher of my daughter afterwards. So he was really great. Right. So we all can make mistakes, but I think we have to reflect and then, don't make it twice. So what change would you like to see or influence in general? Oh, that's, that's a big, a big dream. No? I would like, I mean, in, in the, let's say in the topic we are today talking about, I would really see that, like to see that there is no difference in really in, 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 in hiring. There is no difference in seeing women or men at top positions uh, or any positions in the companies are that they both can decide what they would like to do. No? So I think that's that's something that uh, that I really would like to see. And I think that if we all work together, we can get there in about, I would say, 10 years, maybe. I don't see it faster, but we have to work now to make it happen yeah? and start from from. Every day we can do something towards towards that objective. That's what I would like to see. On the on the bigger picture and and the world, I think it's it's impressive that still in the 21st century we have such differences in terms of poverty, of access to to medicines, access to health, access to food. I think that's something that. Um, just this world should use other mechanisms to correct. I mean, it's it's something that we do have all tools at our hands as a society, but just we are not using them properly. And that's the big change I would really like to see. I'm there with you. No, thank you for bringing that up. And I was thinking the other day, we are landing in Mars, but we still don't know how to live in this, in this planet. So yeah. we first need to get this planet <laughs> back yeah. on track. Not, not the planet, us living on it and be, being able to live in a better way and that we are more balanced that everybody has resources the basic resources at least education food medicine water still that people don't have water is amazing amazing yeah 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 and i think that's i mean that people don't have water well really you have i mean climatic conditions really yeah determine a lot of it but that we waste water in other places like well 
we don't care. I think that really hurts. I mean, that's really this this overuse and uh, uh, of of resources just because I have them at hand. I think that's where we all need to to get much more conscious and understand that you're influencing it. You know, like it's it's. I think it's interesting. For example, you remember Christina when we were little. If you wouldn't eat something, that what did they tell you at home? Ah, you have to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they would tell you the poor children in Africa have nothing to eat, no? Uh, no, no, but I think they imply it. But you know, my mom was Danish, so he, she had different ways of saying. That. Okay, yeah, but that's interesting. Exactly, yeah. that's what I want to get at because because they would tell you that, no, and yeah. then you would think, oh, yeah, that's right, I'll eat it. But then you, I would say, yeah, but they cannot send it to Africa, no. So that was end of the discussion. Interestingly, in Germany, they tell children, well, if you don't eat it, it won't be sunny tomorrow. It won't rain because that's the important thing. It's the sun, you know. Mm-hmm. It's nothing about the children in Africa. It's really about the sun. So that's interesting. No? So yeah, how do you yeah. mobilize it? And then, well, if there is nothing you can do about it, or you yeah. feel there is nothing you can do about it, then the, the the reward is not there. You know, that's a very good point to bring, that if people feel they cannot do anything, they won't do anything. So it also helps that leaders are able to show a way like you are showing a way of what women can do and how they can get to where you are and how they can study and how that there is a possibility, you know, like the four minute mile, like if the once is run, no, it's a possibility. It's not impossible. We can do it. Then we do it. But I think even with food, like you say, okay, I cannot eat this. So I throw it because there's never, like you're saying, it's never going to go to Africa. In my house was like, you cannot waste food because my parents probably like yours were the children of, of the war, you know, so they were, you couldn't waste anything but you know if you don't waste it what do you do with it how, how can you make food get there and and i think that there are leaders that can show that type of way or how to you know clean the oceans and that type of thing what is my contribution in my day to day what can i do mm-hmm. it's very important to hear that yeah Mm-hmm. And, and the biggest differences, you really make them day by day. Yeah. You make them with your yes. behavior. You make yes. it helping others. And, and that's what I take for myself. Well, I mean, there are things where I know I cannot make a big difference, but I can make a difference on on, on paving the access for other women yes. to do whatever they like. I can pave the access to have more scientific brains uh, supporting this this planet and supporting society. These are the things I can do and I will work and dedicate time and energy for them. Yes, well, thank you for that dedication, <laughs> really. <laughs> and thank you, Christina, for being here, for sharing this time with us and, and for sharing your generosity and, and all your knowledge and your experience. I'm really happy. I love Christina. I've known her for a long time. So I'm really happy that she's here and, and that you are doing what you're doing. I must say that I have to ask her because she won't tell you all the things that she accomplished, but she's an amazing woman. So thank you so much. Thank you, Christina. That's been fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully we'll bring you some time back in the future and you can keep telling us more for all your wisdom. Sure. And really pleased to all the women really have confidence in yourself. Really take the destiny in your hands, have confidence in yourself and, and make it step by step. Things don't happen overnight, but with time and with energy and dedication, you'll manage to get what you, what you want and also help other women afterwards. So go for it. Thank you. Thank you for those words. Gracias. <laughs>